Teaching Journey Podcast acknowledges the traditional custodian of the country and pay our respects to the elders past and emerging and recognizes their continuing connections to the land, waterways and community. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. This episode was recorded on the Wurundjeri land. Hi everyone, you are listening to Teaching Journey Podcast Connecting Through Early Education, Episode 11. In this episode, I sat down with the wonderful Eliza Lee. She has been working in the sector for more than 30 years, starting off as a mother craft nurse and now is working in a rural community kindergarten. With all the years of experiences and knowledge under her belt, Eliza still radiates with passion and open to new learning in early childhood. When asked about an area of interest, she said, just anything, I just love new knowledge and apply them into practice. She gave so many tips, but one thing that really resonated with me was her self-care strategies. She said she takes pauses, and this applies to herself, with others and with children. Just like a remote control, she said, you stop, you pause, you think and reflect, and then you press play. I love this. We live in such a fast-paced environment that we often don't pause. And for me, it's the analogy that we don't have to stop doing anything. It is not just dropping things off and forgetting about, but it is about pausing and coming back to it, giving yourself the time to breathe and be present with yourself. I hope that by listening to Eliza's many wonderful tips and strategies, you will find one, well, I found many, that you can apply into your personal and weave it into your professional life. So here it is, Eliza Lee, episode 11. Enjoy. Hi, Eliza. Thank you so much for joining us today on our podcast. Uh, it's so wonderful to have you here um, and uh, yeah, and sharing your stories. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you. Um, so before we started, introduce yourself and, uh, you know, t- Tell us how long have you been in the sector for and whereabouts are you located at the moment? So I've been in the sector since I was 17. I trained as a mother craft nurse um, way back when I was 17 and now I'm in my um, early 50s. So it's been a long, continuous journey. And I'm now located in a rural community kinder. Yeah, fantastic. Um, and so uh, you've been in the sector for many years and I can imagine that you have seen a massive change within the sector. Um, and so I can imagine as well, like when you started off when you were 17, things looked really different then to yeah. how it is now. Do you remember back in the day, what was that like for you as a teacher? As a teacher. So, yeah, so I started as a mother craft nurse. So I was working in um, long day care centres back then. And, um, yeah, so that's where I started. And, it, yeah, it was normally, and you, you did do planning and you wrote down, but you wrote down the experiences that you were going to offer, you know, the activities that you were going to do for the children. Um, and then um, and then later on, I was away when the EYLF came in. I had a break when I had my own children. And so when I came back in, I had to re-study. So I went back and um, did my postgraduate in early childhood and really to get an understanding of what the EYLF was. And then and then my whole programming has changed over that time and realising 
that critical reflection is really important. Yeah, yep, no. definitely. Um, and so I guess talking about the challenges then when you started off, um, what was that like for you? Do you remember as an educator, what was the challenges around, you know, being an educator and educating children then? So um, when I first started, I was so concentrating on the children. You mm. know, I was there for the children and, um, you know, I engaged with the children a lot. The parents scared me so much. You know what I mean? I was so scared of, you know, getting to know the parents and what they were going to say. And But now I realise that the parents are, you know, like it's working in partnership with parents are really, really important. Understanding where the children are coming so you get that holistic view of the child when you're planning and working with them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And... And I, and I guess it's just, um, you know, building towards that confidence as well. And, you know, um, you know when we talk about uh, your pedagogical identity then and to where it is now, uh, a lot of, you know, the build-up and the, the, the knowledge and the experiences that you have now, uh, you know, you're able to relay that confidence now uh, with, with families. But what was that journey like in terms of building that confidence for you in terms of your identity? What were the steps and measures that you had to do uh, unpacking that for yourself and, and, and building on that? So I had to really sit down and think about what did I, what was my passion? Mm. And, you know, what was that passion and what did I see was important um, in engaging the children and the parents, you know, um, and so... Um, and that's why I really like the EYLF because it gives you that idea, you know, that play-based learning and it gave you a really clear understanding of what that was all about and developing that. And, um, you know, I'm in, uh, I do emergent curriculum a lot, so I really base it on, um, you know, looking at the individual child and whether their interests and their capabilities and how I can scaffold them to the next you know, the yeah. next bit. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. and 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 you know, I guess you were talking a lot about uh emerging curriculum and, and working with children. Um and in terms of your teaching style now, what has that looked like and the changes? Do you wanna talk about that? Like in comparison to perhaps 10, 20 years ago oh. and to now. <laughs> So, you know, when I first started, it, it was like, oh, okay, now what am I going to set up on the tables? Mm. What experiences am I going to offer the children? You know, where now it's a lot of loose parts and the children are developing things and I will, you know, the child will come up to me and say, oh, I'm thinking of this. Have we, have we got this? And knowing what's in that storeroom and going straight in and grabbing it so they can extend on their own learning. You know what I mean? I'm just there to assist them along and letting the children, you know, have their own voice in what they're playing with and, and everything else. Yeah. yeah. And then, and over time, I've also now, I'm really um, looking at land-based learning, you know, bringing that Indigenous knowledge into my um, curriculum as well. Um, yeah, so that's what I've, I'm moving towards now is really um, honouring, you know, the world and looking at you know the earth and how we can really look after it and incorporating that into my learning yeah now i know that we've spoken a little bit around the project that you mentioned that you were part of um you know um do you want to talk to us about that or the yes. project yes yeah. so um in the um the rural setting i'm in we got a cultural brand 
and um, one of our local um, custodians heard about this and actually came knocking at the kinder and said, oh, I'd love to share my cultural knowledge with you and the children. And so he came in and I just welcomed him in and he is an artist and he, over a course of four weeks, designed a three-metre Southern Rite paper mache whale with the children. Um, and it was, and but uh, along the way, he was telling stories and and you know um, about the southern and how we're going to look after the earth and um, and yeah, and it was a really good experience. Just to he just came in and he just mingled in with the program, you know, with the program, um, and he got the children, you know, like one day he set up spear trees in the sandpit. And we went out and we had to collect these spear trees and then take them back into the room and strip the spear trees. And he was telling stories and um, and he used those spears in to shape the whale, like the ribs of the whale. And um, and then he would also work on the whale while the children were playing in the room. And even though they were, you know, looking, they were able to see him work and, and was like an artist in residence as well. And it was just a lovely experience to share um, not only with the children, and he taught us a, a, a dance that went with the whale, and then at the end of the year we performed it in front of the families. And so, um, and yeah, it was just lovely to share his culture and the perspective of the land that we're, we're actually on. Yeah. yeah. And how long was this project for? This was a four-week, a four-week project at the end of the year. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. And, and, and he will often pop in. Yeah, he'll pop in and just come in and have a bit of a chat. Yeah, yeah. and and I guess the learnings within that four week for the whole community. What was that? What did that look like? That looked like children going home and saying, "Oh, look what I've learned today, Mum. We learned about the middens. You know that when the Aboriginal people used to eat their, you know, their um, shellfish and they'd um, put them on the beach. We can still see them if we go down to the beach." And so there was a lot of the children taking their learning home with the family and then the children inviting their families into the room to show them the stages that they were going through, you know, with the, with the development of the whale. Yeah, so there was a whole a lot of interest um, and the parents would actually, you know, come in and ask questions and, yeah, so it was yeah. a really a really collaborative community spirit in the room. Yeah, and it's wonderful to hear that, you know, you've got an Aboriginal um, elder coming in or, you know, someone with, you know, a good knowledge sharing that and passing that knowledge on to children uh, and to the community. Um, and not a lot of centres have that privilege or the opportunity to be able to have access to that. Um, and I can imagine as well that that would perhaps shift in a lot of your your, your teaching styles and your teaching identity. Um, what was the learning that you've done around that and how did that improve or I guess, you know, shape your your teaching um, today? So I've been on, um, you know, this cultural awareness journey for many, many years, hmm. um, you know, and I've just moved into this um, community. Um, so I brought all that previous knowledge that I've had and I've actually gone to a lot of PDs on trainings, you know, to understand and to be culturally, you know, safe, you know what I mean, and respectful. Mm -hmm. um, and then 
when I did, you know, come into the, and he actually knocked on the door, it, it didn't just happen overnight. Like mm. it took a whole year to actually sit down. And we had lots and lots of chats during the year before he actually came into the service and worked with us. So there was a lot of that building that trust between each other, a lot of listening on my part as well is listening, not butting in when he's trying to say something. Just, you know what I mean? It was a lot of, yeah, that respectful relationship I had to build before he felt comfortable in coming in to the service, yes. Yeah, yeah. And that's so important that, you know, that uh, that listening, the act of listening, uh, and that as well applies to children. I can imagine that that, that shift in your... Um, you know, relationships with children and how you communicate with children as well to just pause and listen. And I know that at the beginning you were uh, talking about that shift in your uh, practice in terms of, you know, now you're looking at, you know, what it is that the children are interested in and how is that shaping uh, and working with alongside with the children. Um, and that's fantastic. Um, and, and I guess for your own self, like, you know, when we talk about reflective practice, uh, and unpacking that and being vulnerable. What was that process like for you? Because for some people, it can be quite challenging. Um, and especially when we talk about cultural competencies and being very aware of the heritage and the histories that come from, um, you know, understanding um, the First Nation people and how that's going to be uh, uh, embedded respectfully into the, our practices. Uh, what were the measures and steps that you've done uh, for yourself in building towards that cultural competencies into your teaching practices? So it's um, being open to new ideas, mm. going to a lot, I mean, a lot of research. You know, there's readings and there's PDs that I've attended. Um, um, developing a network of people that you can rely on um, and you can bounce your ideas off and they, you know what I mean? And when you bounce, oh, I find when I bounce ideas off, that's the way I learn. You know, I'll say, oh, this is what I think. And I go, oh, but have you thought of that? And then that gives me another perspective. And then I go, and then I go back and I go, oh, yes, I need to hone in on this a little bit more. Um, so, yeah, that's how I, the network of people around, you know, um, colleagues and professional people around you, I find really beneficial in my practice is having you know i can go and call somebody and say oh, i've had this idea what do you think and then they give me yeah suggestions but it's being open-minded having that listening you know that really active listening yeah is really yeah and, uh, and and what sort of pds were you doing can you share us like uh, is there any specific pds that was really um you know impactful for yourself um so um I did the Claire Warden. I don't know whether you Claire know that Warden. one, the floorboard. Yep, I've yeah. done I've done a lot with her. Uh, over the years, I've gone to many different ones. You know, like the Kathy Walkers. I've done. Then I've done a lot of the uh, what's in Victoria, the VCAL. You know, with the yes. Aboriginal people. I've done a lot there. Often councils will have a lot of um, um, PDs that you can attend to for cultural awareness days or your neighbourhood houses. I've attended. They have people, so I'll go. I'll go anywhere where there's um, 
new knowledge to learn. I absolutely love the new knowledge and then applying that to my work, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And is there any other interest, area of interest that you have? I know you, you speak really passionately and, you know, this is an audio podcast, but I can see your face just light up when we talk about, you know, um, these practices specifically. But is there any other areas of practice that you are quite passionate about? Um, oh, what else? Oh, uh, just being, yeah, like the environment is so, you know what I mean? Like, so we've got a beautiful um, vegetable patch, but not only do we have vegetable patch, but we've got nat and native plants in there that the children can actually eat and taste. So, yeah, so gardening and, yeah, and artwork as well, you know, yeah. So anything, anything I'm really passionate about. Yeah, oh, that's about. wonderful, yeah. And you've been in the sector for a really long time. So how do you keep that, you know, it, it sounds that you are self-motivated. And, and do you think that's a pivotal, um, you know, characteristic to have uh, to maintain within the sector? Because we know that sector is um, in crisis at the moment in terms of, you know, having enough of educators. And we're, we're, we're moving towards a reform where, you know, we, we focus on early education. But, and, and you've been in the sector for a really long time to be able to see the shift and the changes that's happening within the reform. Um, how do you keep yourself motivated apart from, you know, all the PDs that you've been doing? So I really focus on the positives, mm. you know, that strength-based, you know, in early childhood, that positive, you know, taking a day, you know, you'll see something, you'll go, oh, that was really good, you know, this really worked well. Um, and I'm fortunate enough, I have time with my other co-educators that we can all sit down at the end of the day and reflect together and where we bring out the positives. You know, you know, yes, we can all focus on the negatives, but I always say in those negative moments, draw out a strength in that. So being positive is really important. Um, build your support systems, you know, like that networking I was saying. Again, um, reflect on your teaching practices and what you do. Um, connect with the families that you're working with and the community that you're in. Um, that you do it and then also take care of yourself yeah it, yeah I find that's a real motivator taking care of me have your have your boundaries you know what I mean so the biggest thing for me is that my time's finished it's finished and it's you know it's I think it's hard for us early childhood teachers to stop you know even though I'm on holidays I'll go and do a little no stop you're meant to be here just yeah 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 let's talk about that self-care because that's the hardest thing within the sector as well it's a emotionally physically draining uh you know job that we do uh we are inspiring and we're shaping young minds uh and ourselves as well and the community and the colleagues that we work with um what does the self-care look like? Is that something that you tap in every day, every week, or a pause during the term break? Yep. I do the pause. I love to pause during term breaks, and I, and I um, take it off, my hat off to educators in long day care mm. that they don't get the holidays. Because, you know, we, we want to give 100% of our energies, and so I take this time in term breaks to really relax, you know, go for my walks um, and, you know what I mean, connect with, with my friends and families and I really do that in the term breaks. During my working week, um, I 
um, use Wiper. I don't know whether you've ever heard of Wiper work. It's a earth, mind, body, spirit modality or world being. And, um, yeah, in 2020 in lockdown, I actually studied it, became a practitioner. And so it's a mindful um, meditation of the 12, uh, 14 elements of earth. And so I do that practice a lot. Um, and then when I, um, I've actually discovered beach art. So I do... Um, so what, what do you call it? My, in my ephemeral art. I'll go for a walk along the beach and as I'm going, I'll collect little bits and then I'll make something out of all the bits that I've collected on the beach and then it will wash away. So it's those little things that I take time for myself to do. Yeah. yeah. That I can get up the next morning and go off to work. Yeah. yeah. And in terms of self-care practices that you do in your own time, do you implement that with the children as well? Um. Yeah, oh, with Wiper, that's that's incorporated into my program. So yeah, we talk about um, we we do the um, it's a gratitude song on, on the fourteen elements. So we you know when we do our acknowledgement to country, I'll interweave that, and then we I'll talk about the fourteen elements you know throughout the the year with them as well, and show them the movements. Um, and like I said, with ephemeral art, I have a lot of loose parts. So the children, you know what I mean, are doing their own. As they're playing as well yeah mm. and do you think that's important um you know i guess to explore that within yourself before implementing into the children's curriculum do you think having both worlds intertwined uh, uh, together yeah. yeah yeah and i think and i think COVID taught us that didn't it mm. COVID has taught us that we you know we always thought we had a word and we had a home life and now discovering that no we have a life we have a life and they are interconnected they are together and we need to acknowledge that that we it's a life that we're leading it's not separate it's who we are isn't it so i did you know what i mean yeah yeah definitely um, and and yeah. how we look after our mind body and soul it's so important when we work with young children because they mimic that vibrations yeah. and the energy isn't yeah. it yeah 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 definitely yeah. and and i guess in terms of working with uh other educators as well who might have a different approach to curriculum and you've been in the sector for a very long time i'm sure you've had a fair share of working with uh, a diverse uh range of um educators and different personality and uh, uh teaching types what was that like for you? Was that um, an easy journey or was that uh, a little bit of a challenge? Um, well, working with staff, they always bring in their own personalities, don't they? And so sometimes it can be tricky. And But if you've got that open communication style um, where a non-judgment, mm. so if you have that non-judgment when you're talking with your staff, I think it's really important. Yes, sometimes, you know, sometimes we do get a bit short with one another. But, again, go back to your pause. Oh, hang on a minute. Pause, stop, think, you know, reflect and then act. It, I think is really important to do when you're working with colleagues. Yeah, because sometimes they do have different ideas and that's, you know what I mean, that's fine. But if we, if we work in a respectful way, yeah. yes, together. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. I like that pause think 
No, stop. Hang on, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Stop. stop. So think of your remote control. Okay. Yeah. So you stop. Yep. Pause. Pause. Yep. Yeah, yeah, think or reflect. Yep. And then press play again. Yeah. And then off you go. Yeah. yeah it's a really good one. I, I did a course many years ago, you know, in bringing up great kids, it's called. It's a parenting program. And they use that and they say that to parents. If you learn that skill of, you know, when the children are, you know, pushing your buttons, you get out your remote control, you press stop, you pause, you, you know, reflect, and then you go and press play and off you go. I love yeah. that, yeah. And it's so good that, yeah, we can actually implement that with children as well just for yeah. you know, a bit of a, yeah, a, a space, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. we do get heightened all the time because we're all passionate people. Uh, yes. And our, you know, voice and stories do matter. Our perspective do matter. Um, yes. And so during heated moments, it can be um, quite elevated. So how do we get down to yeah. the ground and, and, and meet uh, somewhere in the middle and, and, and working that with children and giving them the tools and the strategies are also really, really important. Yeah. 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 And giving it uh, really with children, you know, um, giving them, yeah, the words. Mm. to them if they're not you know what i mean oh you know what have you thought about saying this do you know what i mean rather than you know what i mean yeah so i think it's giving the children the the words the dialogue that they can use in situations where they find difficult is really important as well yeah 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 Yeah. definitely yeah because often children you know and i usually say like you know these children have been you know, around for four or five years. And so they might not have the right tools. They've just established, you know, language and, you know, motor skills and, you know, learning that they live in a world with other people. It's not an egocentric world anymore. Um, And so how do you shift that to negotiating and, you know, making sure that, uh, you know, our words and our actions um, are, you know, we're mindful that it does impact other people. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, and that's, a, you know, I often say, you know, in, um, with the children, we need to be kind and caring with everybody, with everybody. You know what I mean? It's not just with friends, but with everyone. We need to be kind and caring. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah. yeah. So that, that they're often um, words I use and then I'll give them strategies. You know, what I mean, like, what does kindness look like? Yeah. You know, yeah. So yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, I know that we spoke a little bit around um your self care, uh, and I'm sure there are moments where we feel really deflated and exhausted, and uh, we're feeling a little bit lost or having those doubts. Um, and what I wonder what what do you do in this moment, or have you had those moments before? Uh, oh. Oh, yeah, you know, where you feel like you're the only one that's doing this work. Mm. Yes, and you're feeling alone and you're feeling um, overworked. And then, and then I find if there's a lot of things going on, you know, I can feel the pressure pop going up and up and up and up and I'm about to explode. Um, yeah, so it's really going, acknowledging that. Oh, I'm getting, I feel really tense in my body. I can feel I'm going to explode. Again, stop, pause. Do you know what I mean? Rather than just going, is all, and, and and then saying, you know, in the morning we, I've, you know, hopefully I've developed the culture with the other staff members that when we come in, we can actually say how we truly feeling, you know, like if they've had a, you know, oh, I didn't sleep really well last night, and I'll go, oh, 
you know, thank you for telling me that because that could affect the way they're going to work for the rest of the day. So that's okay to be tired, but just be aware that you are and you know what I mean? So, yeah, so having that dialogue, you know, all the time of or understanding where you are and how you're feeling is really important. Yeah, 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 being very tuned. And it sounds like you've worked a lot within yourself as well to be aware of your emotions and those trigger points. Uh, and be able to put them into actions Uh, and so it's wonderful that you're actually sharing that you know knowledge with others um, and with the children as well Um, you know so it's fantastic yeah and it's definitely not an easy journey I I would assume to get to where you're in now uh, to be so self-aware it's a lot of a lot of unpacking yeah so there is a lot you know and again that's that network of you know Mm. colleagues professional people that you've got like mentoring i just think that is the biggest thing in you know um that can really improve in early childhood is having mentors around you that can guide you in your path as you go along um and now i'm so fortunate i've got coaching i've got coaching once a month and i have felt so beneficial um yeah you know just to um give clarity to my thoughts Mm-hmm. Um, and bounce my ideas off and having a whole hour of talking about myself and my practice and and everything has been really really beneficial and yeah. so who is this mentor that you talk is that a one-person mentor or is it a, t- a group of um... oh no no so what it is is that the organization i'm working for um they actually give you coaching sessions wow. once a month yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's a one-on-one with your coach yeah yeah so and so yeah. you're assigned to another teacher uh, no, assigned, no, no, to, just to a life coach. Uh, oh, a professional. Yeah, fantastic. A life coach and, yeah. Um, and I have found it so beneficial, really, really beneficial. Yeah. 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 And that's really important. And also that's not heard of, I guess, within the sector because, one, it's funding, uh, and two, yeah. it's time and accessibility to, yeah. um, you know, a professional support like that. Um, but often we do carry a lot of piggyback of other people's load as an educator, as a teacher as well, where we do create time for ourselves within outside work hours to support and mentor people or to network pe- with people. Um, yes. And, you know, it's it's beneficial in a lot of ways, but we do carry those burden in one way or other because we're not equipped to support others uh, mentally. And professionally yeah. as well and to be yeah. able for you to be able to have access to someone who's really professional and support you and guide you through that journey um do you think that you know having someone who's really professional really um sort of like gives you a, a positive outlook in comparison oh. to perhaps a different yeah. type of mentorship yes yes she um she really clarifies you know what I mean? My, my, you know, gives clarity mm. to what I'm doing, and able to really, if I've got any issues, to really unpack it, those issues that I may might be finding. You know, um, and that's what I really like about it. it yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the, um, the other thing I've found really beneficial, and this is free, it's be you, mm-hmm. be you, and and you know there's modules there, and there is you know there is a lot of there's so much in be you, and it's a free and it's at, you know is accessible to all age educators, 
um, I highly recommend. Yeah, that's another support place where you can go. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've yeah worked with BU before, and their uh, wealth of knowledge, and um, you know, and they also have experience in early child education, um, and so it's really relational. You know, when you actually pick up the phone and um, and, and talk to someone uh, to reach out for any form of support. Um, yeah, they're definitely fantastic. Yeah, great. Um, and so, what's your next journey like for you? What are areas that you want to focus on are you looking at you know i oh. guess either pathways in terms of professional outlook for yourself oh i've never i've never set goals i take opportunities so i don't know what the next opportunity is going to be i didn't ever imagine that where i am at the moment i'm going to be you know in a rural community you know community kindergarten i did not think i was going to do that um, I've done many different roles um, and it's just the opportunities that present themselves to me. And if it's easy to take those opportunities, then it's meant to be, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's oh, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, and let's finish off with uh, our last question. One advice that you would tell your beginning teacher self, what would that be? <laughs> well, <laughs> to be open to opportunity. Mm -hmm. To seek um, yeah, those opportunities so that you can grow and develop your own self, your identity. Um, take advantages of all the resources and support that's available to you. And remember that learning is a lifelong process and to continue to grow and so that you can make a positive impact on the lives of the children and the families and the community that you're with. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, Liza, you are such an inspiration. You've been in sector for a very long time, and yet you have such an amazing positive outlook uh, within yourself. I think that's the biggest, I think that's your strength, that you're so positive and you radiate that positivity. Um, oh, but, you. you know, you've also uh, are really open with just, you know, like you say, opportunities, but open to, you know, flexibility around you and I think that's really important when we work with children uh, and we work with other people as well with different um, uh, I guess uh, journey and, and, and you know personality traits uh, and I think you know and it's great to see that you've been in the sector for so long and yet find joy in what you do I can see that you're smiling because you just love talking about what you do and, and, and you know and I hope that you know we're celebrating that journey uh, today so thank you so much for your time Oh, thank you for um, asking me to come along and talk about me. <laughs> it's <laughs> a privilege. You. Yeah, thank you. It's an honor. Thanks. Thank you.